What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Hold My Bread. I'm your host, Matt Backus, with your other host, Joel Wachowski. Joel, how are you back in society, I see? What up, redheads? Gather around. Let us join the gluten gang for, as the fiscal policy foretold, it is time to carbo-load. Welcome to Hold My Bread, the $40 podcast. No, the $3,141.09 podcast. If you haven't listened before, we are in this for the long haul. We started with nothing nine months ago. We didn't have a dollar to our names. And we said we are going to build the world's first million-dollar podcast. And we are... Almost three tenths, three tenths of a percent of the way there. So pretty significant progress. That's growth. That's how you beat the market by that kind of growth. Absolutely, Matt. You are um, coming in late to the meeting, and you are That's visibly true. Hung- true. You're shirtless, and I'm gonna say visibly hungover. Um. Well, you're not wrong about that. I did eat. I ate half of a 250 milligram edible last night, and I went to the moon and back. So I'm a little. I'm a little worn out right now. Half of a 250 milligram edible. I mean, yeah. that is that is kind of the daily dose for your boy Joel Rogan over here. But um, Maddie, I don't know how you can handle that. 125 milligrams. You you've been in Indiana where they don't allow marijuana. And I imagine smoking would take you to the moon, let alone a 125 milligram edible. That's yeah. pretty great. Yeah, it was wild. So I, I like I was up till four. I was laying in bed. I was just like looking at my phone. And then before I knew it, it was one o'clock in the afternoon. And I was like, what? Well, I feel like I time traveled. So but I was, you know, I made it home safe. And uh, but I am definitely a little bit fried. So uh, oh, I, I apologize. What were you doing um, outside of getting called unfunny on Twitter? I saw that you were attacked by yeah, did an you open micer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone called, and so so you've been doing a lot of shows for Stand Up New York in New York City. Yep, performing yep. safely in the park. Yep, and you know someone, um, an open micer went and said, how do I get past at Stand Up New York? They pass all these unfunny people. And then the club, and you, you know, that I would have to take that personally if I were you, because you are in literally every flyer for every right. show that right. they have going on. Yeah, I've been very lucky, man. They booked me. I mean, I'm booked on two shows tonight. I had two shows last night. I've, I'm very lucky. It's it's And it's so crazy because there's all these comedians and people shitting on outdoor shows, but they're so fun. It's so fun. The show last night was so great. People were so excited. The audience is so excited and so happy to be there. And people are so negative. And to have an open micer be so upset is so funny. It's so funny. I don't care. It doesn't matter. And then the club actually had your back in a meaningful way. So this open mic asks, how do I get booked on these outdoor shows when these unfunny people are getting booked on these shows? Yeah. And the club responded, well, not by bad-mouthing other comics. Yeah, she tagged the club. That's the craziest thing is she tagged the club, like, this will get their attention. It's like, what are you doing? That's the easiest way to get blacklisted. Be kind, work hard. That's the only way to go. And I know Matt, is kind of the party boy of this um, podcast endeavor, but you know, I've been I've been searching for my spirit 
I went out to the Petrified Forest for a couple days, went out to Zion National Park for a couple days, did some rituals, and I pushed myself to the absolute limit, found heaven on earth, and we are back here. See, that's incredible. That's how you know we're a real stock podcast, because during the week, we're thinking about numbers, we're thinking about gains and losses, but I'm out there partying like the Wolf of Wall Street. You're out there taking these retreats like CEOs, clearing your mind, working on another level. Uh, Honestly, really embraced. I know it's very trendy for people to go on these hallucinogenic ritualistic trips, but you know what? I've been doing my own for about 15 years now. The first time I walked into a national park was the first time I did a hallucinogen. So at that moment, my soul fused. I became Joel Shuatree. I became Joel Rogan. And we continued on that path. Friday, you know, I climbed a rock face. I sat for six hours in a boulder shaped like a skull in quiet meditation. Saturday morning, I rent a bicycle. I ride to the top of a mountain and I've, I hike about, that day I did 30 miles start to finish. So it was an intense endeavor. But you that know is what? a lot. You aren't living unless you're eating six tabs of acid and traveling 30 miles. <laughs> well, you, right when you brought up acid, your mic switched up. That probably freaked everybody out. Uh, it does yeah, freak that's... people out, but you know what? If you are going to enter grad school, if you're going to ship paradigm, sometimes you need to wash the soul clean a little bit. So I'm here. I'm back down to earth. And let's talk fiscal policy. Sorry. Absolutely. No, it's good. I haven't seen a have... being in a week, so I, I'm very chatty. No, 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 please. I'm I, absolutely. This is great. This is what I wanted out of the episode. I wanted to kind of catch up and see what was going on. And uh, I'm clearly in a in a good mood everything considered so it's nice to uh hear that you had a good time hiking and all that stuff i was in the badlands national park obviously back in may and it was truly incredible so i bet zion is amazing yeah and because the badlands they kind of suck too like i've been to probably 12 national parks in zion it's probably the best one if not it's maybe glacier national park maybe yosemite mount rainier got something to say but Zion is a very special place. Unbelievable. Yeah, that sounds amazing. I have a, I have a new appreciation for, for that sort of thing. It's cool that you've been to so many. I don't think I've been to that many national parks. I can't, honestly want to say it might have only been uh, Badlands. And I think, yeah, that, that might be the only national park I've been to. I don't know. It's hard for us Midwest boys because there's not really any good national parks in the Midwest. I mean, you got Shenandoah down in Virginia, but... You come out out west, and you know I do have about five within a six-hour drive of me, so I gotta live it up. And holy hell, Zion National Park! I will be back there as soon as I can. What a friggin' place! If you just look up the Narrows hike right now, that's where I was on my little journey, fjording up a river with, and I, you know, I'm kind of outdoorsy. But this is the first time I had the right gear. So I got those mountaineering poles and I was just one with the mountain brother. That sounds great. Did uh, Gabby have a good time? Oh, Gabby didn't go. Gabby's grandfather died. So um, this whole family, okay. um, they were in mourning. They were taking take care of the estates. My family was all together camping. And then there I was. All these families are together. And then I'm just alone spending some good time with myself. 
and my friend Harrington, who um, that that's that name sounds so fake. Yep, that's where I was right there. Isn't that wow? That's amazing. Yeah, that's that's incredible. It's fucking nuts. I love that place. And then we come back down here. I get back to the world just in time yesterday to see Donald J. Trump take the unprecedented move of giving us more stimulus money in the form of unemployment insurance, in the form of reduced capital gains tax, and then in the form of payroll tax. And I know you're, you're back to work, right? Actually, I'm not. Every time uh, they tell me to call them, they tell me to wait a few days and then call them. And every time I call them, they just tell me that they need to talk to so-and-so and and that they'll be in touch. So I'm still on unemployment. I still haven't gone back to work. I don't know if or when that's going to happen. They're just kind of stringing me along. So. And I believe this might be the first time that money has been given to the U.S. people via an executive order. So like, we have this election coming up in three months, and I think it is kind of a conflict of interest that the president didn't wait for this deal to be settled. Instead, he took the direct route of kind of infusing our, our, our wallets with a little bit more cash. And like, I don't know, in a roundabout way, like I do see it kind of as buying votes. I mean, that's for sure his thought process. There's no way it can't be his thought process. That's the kind of thing where they want, he he probably wanted to wait as long as he could and get it as close to the election as possible. It's like the stimulus. He kind of announced that they were going to do another $1,200 stimulus around the time when people were talking about how he was losing in the polls. I think they 100% think that way. Yeah, and this didn't actually send out the stimulus. And we all know that the stimulus had a lot of problems with it over a billion dollars paid out to claimants who are deceased and you know you just see the government's fiscal spending is like pretty crazy like they took my tax payment for this year and i got a letter saying yeah we you owed a little bit for 2014 we applied it to that and it's like what yeah they allocated my tax payment to the year 2014 i'm sure i'll just get audited for this year after the fact meanwhile i have the bureaucratic fights of like i'm establishing myself as a resident of michigan because i'm going to grad school at the university of michigan and dang getting down for getting turned down for in-state residency when you literally have michigan tattooed on your hand is an awful feeling that's yeah. I saw your uh, you, you. Did you email them that uh, your picture, your tattoo? I did, and it worked. So I got re- for this residency. I responded with a picture of my hand, and now I have a phone call with the head of residency at the University of Michigan. And you know what? I'll be real here. I know a lot of you guys have been writing to us, appreciating the podcast. I dig that so much. I ask that you subscribe. I ask that you review. But you know what? Next week. We might be launching a bit of a letter writing campaign to get old Joel a scholarship to University of Michigan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hey, absolutely. Don't be laughing. You're writing the first one. You're writing your letter on the air next week. Yeah, don't worry. I'll write. It'll be uh, written and read aloud as an example of what we need from the uh, from the, uh, the the listeners. And of course, so we have this $300 a week extended and the payroll taxes. If you are back to work, that'll go in your favor. And, you know, if any of our listeners own their home, there's free money available in refinancing. Like, 
People are trying to bilk you. Robin Hood's trying to take your money away. The, the market as a whole is betting against you, but the refinance option seems like it. Run the numbers yourself, do your own research. But if I owned a house, it's hard to view the home refinance loans that are out right now as anything but a free $100,000. Well, did you see, you? Um, the, I think it's, isn't it $400 for the unemployment now, which is interesting because I saw something that said the federal government had only approved for 300, Trump said 400. So $100 of it is going to be on the state to provide. Is that, did you see that? I saw that and like 25% of this money will be have to be provided by the states, but the government's already giving the states money for coronavirus relief. So in a roundabout way, the Fed is still paying for it. Okay, interesting. Um, and what, well, this, and you br- what this does is we have been chicken little on this podcast. By that, I mean we are voiced by Zach Braff. Oh, my God, that joke was so fucking bad. Um, <laughs> and we're saying things are overvalued right now. The, the prices of everything are too high. And what this does is it's going to delay it a little further. This stock drop-off that's coming, they're pushing it back a few months. And, like, you're seeing the Republican Party's trying for it not to happen before the election. And if it happens after the election, that's what happens anyway. Every time the presidency flips from Republican to Democrat, it collapses. So they're going to pull off this move. I think Donald Trump will lose the election. If you look at the indicators I follow, which are Vegas betting lines, which are the activities (laughs) of lobbyists, and... You know, everyone's like, oh, you can't predict it anymore. God. Yeah, but didn't the betting lines last election, didn't they show that he wasn't going to win and then he did? Like the odds, wasn't he like a heavy underdog? Yes. So, that's so okay, there you go. That's not going to work. <laughs> yeah, but just because something is wrong one time, I think it's kind of foolish to treat it as like, oh, it's never happened. Like... 2016 was a strange year, but dang, I do kind of want to throw in deep on old Joey Biden looking good in interviews. Who's your running mate, Joe? They asked a spry dementia Biden riding by on his bicycle. He says, you. (laughs) You are. You're my running mate. You're all my running mates. (laughs) And then he drove away in his green Corvette. No, he was on a bicycle. Oh, right. He rode around the corner and this press corp said, Joe, have you picked the running mate yet? And he said, yes. And he said, who is it? And he said, you. Did he really do that? That's so funny. That's hilarious. Uh, He doesn't understand how funny that is, I bet. I don't know. Maybe he does. It's really funny. It reminds me of one of my first ever stand-up jokes. It was... uh, (laughs) You know who killed Soldier Boy? <laughs> you! Uh, <laughs> I should have seen that coming. Damn it. Uh, I should have I cranked that and seen it coming. Yeah. Um, Soldier Boy, one of the great investors. We should have him on the show, actually. He's a good... Entre- they should have him on Shark Tank. He's like an entrepreneur. He has his own coin. He has his own gaming system, the Soldier Box. Oh, I didn't know about the Soldier Box, but he does have his own soap, which is like... Pretty pragmatic thing for a rapper to get into pre-COVID. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let me look up the soldier box. I'm pretty sure he has a thing called the soldier box. The um, soldier box. Is it is it available everywhere or? Yeah, Soldier Boy console gameplay footage and review. This is it. Uh, I don't know. It looks like a uh, like a smaller Xbox uh, One. I don't know. I don't know anybody who owns it. I don't know anybody that's ever played it. Uh, I don't know what happened with it. I don't know what games are on it, but I know it exists. So I don't know. On Shark Tank. Given the level, given AOC's legislation getting voted down and the level of military recruitment spending on the platforms, isn't every console a soldier box? Hey, think about it. It's true. Call of Duty and all that. You're not wrong. We are getting in um, deep here. We've gone 15 minutes. I haven't looked at the outline here. People have got, they're like, oh, why did Vulture recommend this podcast? Well, we get overly caffeinated and we talk a lot of shit. Well, here's what I was going to say. The outline, you do have the outline. I have the outline pulled up, and we're going we're gonna to talk about Kodak. But I also, you mentioned Robinhood. I wanted to talk about Robinhood. Did you see the, the, the shutdown they had the other day? I was camping. What was the Robinhood shutdown? Oh, right, of course. Well, so it was like on the other day, there was a huge, uh, like the, nobody could trade on the app, and there's people that are looking to bring a um, – class action lawsuit against Robinhood because it was just a good day uh, as far as the market goes and nobody was able to uh, to trade on it. Uh, the app was down and there was a whole thing though that turns out that in their terms of service it says like if you if for Robinhood is not responsible for if the app is down and you can't trade or whatever so there's like a 7,000 signature clash, uh, class action lawsuit uh already within a few days i'm sure those numbers have grown but um more robin hood trouble and robin hood's getting into a lot of trouble meanwhile it seems like the data we've kind of pontificated that their data was being used out just to source trades and that came out like a certain fund that actually executes the trade like you know they said they made more money in trading fees off robin hood than they ever have and then, like, even right. even after the outages, like, they raised $280 million in public funding. And, you know, they've had outages almost every month, and it hasn't slowed their growth just because they are the lowest common denominator, like, investing app. Yeah, I am for sure going to try and remove my uh, holdings from Robinhood. That's going to be my goal for the, this next week is to get – all of my stuff switched over off of Robinhood. I tried it once and they made it so difficult. Uh, they don't want you to do it, obviously. So they are, they're not making it easy. So that's my goal this week is to remove my stuff from yeah, them. I'm, because I'm, I, I'm stuck with Robinhood. Sorry, I'm moving around because I'm outside and my computer is overheating. So we do trade uh, on Robinhood for the, the podcast. And, and I do want to switch, but we're locked into them because I always say... No one should trade options unless they've got an advanced degree in finance or something like that. So we're, we're stuck to Robinhood because I spent two weeks looking up an option that was long-term. I was sure it was hit, but I don't have a way to get out of it. Like I'm married to this option and I can't do shit to get away from it. Oh yeah. And it's, it's so long. It's crazy long. And I don't think you can, I mean, you can, you can move, can you not move your options around? Maybe? I don't know. I don't think you can move your options. Like 
you know, Robinhood is the casino. I mean, a uh, brokerage firm that issued me that option. So I, I think I'm stuck with them. And I think I'll be giving up like $700 to switch platforms. And we're not the million dollar podcast right now. We're the $3,000 podcast. And it's pretty hard to give up 700 bones when you're just the $3,000 podcast. Did I lose you, Maddie? And we're, we're on pause. We break down every week. Oh, there's the painting I gave you. Yeah. A topless, a topless woman with a pigeon and a tiger. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> it's not a pigeon, it's a seagull, but that's okay. Dude, I've been mis mixing up pigeons and seagulls my entire life. It's the bane of my existence. I mean, seagulls are just the pigeons of the sea, so it's, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, when I was like 17, I made a movie and the whole town came to see it, like a feature length film. It turned out pretty well. It was funny, but I mixed up a pigeon and a seagull in it. And the next day, all anyone was like, no, that was a seagull, man. Like, <laughs> you know, those pigeons. Like, dog, I worked on this shit for nine months. You tell me about the fucking bird. Yeah, that's what you took away from this, two idiots. Uh, well, should we uh, focus on the uh, on the outline, the Kodak? I saw you have Kodak in here. There's more. There's been some more Kodak, uh, some Kodak stuff coming out. Yeah, well, we were talking about the Robinhood data being used. Oh, right, right, right. Before that, and you know, Virtu Financial. That's the ten billion dollar worth Manhattan-based provider of trading service. They're the people who are making money off off your trades on Robinhood. So. You know, as you lift stocks like Hertz, as you lift stocks like Kodak, you know, that's who's putting the money, who's getting money from actually facilitating the trades because you're not paying. It's a, it's a free app. Right. That was the whole thing. Robinhood, I feel like Robinhood pushed all the big brokerages to remove uh, the trading fees. And now all the other brokerages have gotten rid of those. And I don't see any, I mean, what does Robinhood have now? Like they don't really have anything to, to bring people over. They're not doing anything different. They're in fact, they're, they're doing worse than all the other brokerages because they're having these outages. Obviously there's that sad story of that, that uh, guy that, that uh, killed himself a couple weeks ago. That's obviously very sad. That's Robin Hood's associate with that. Now Robin Hood is, there's not a lot of positives, positives to use Robin Hood. Yeah. And like, it's not just that the Robin Hood forced the kid to kill himself. They force the kid to walk in front of a train. That is like the worst possible death. Like, it, is, is that what happened? Yeah, he wrote a suicide note. And you know what? It came out later. Wait, before your options cash in, his balance wasn't nearly as low as it showed on the Robinhood app. Yeah, of course. That was what the big deal was because it was a glitch or something and it showed like negative $700,000 or something. Yeah, and like, that is seven tenths worth of this podcast. So you can understand why the kid was concerned. Yeah, absolutely. I, that's so sad. Yeah. So Robinhood, not in good, not in good, uh, in a good shape right now because between the shutdown, this class action, if it happens, obviously the, the, the suicide is devastating. So Robinhood's not great. Uh, and like I said, this shut, this, this is not going to help them any at all. Yeah, so. And like, there is kind of a, a way to win at trading now that it's become 
such a consumer passion, like anything we love as a people, nostalgia. And now we're seeing it cross over into the market. Like if there's a brand with a name worth a shit, people will buy that up and they will lift that stock. We've seen it with Hertz and we've seen it now with Kodak, although it does look a little too good to be true if you believe what's coming out on the insider trading front. Yeah, all the Kodak stuff is truly insane. Um, that's a, uh, the, the 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 federal loan help is like being put on hold for some reason. I think because of all this insider trading stuff. Yeah, because if you look at the numbers, um, the people who work for Kodak itself, they the the board of directors, the corporate disclosures, they show that the very board members who did the deal were buying stock the day before it happened. And you know what? You're Kodak. You're a brick and mortar film company. If someone is offering you a life preserver to stay relevant in 2020, you're going to get so greedy. You're going to inside your trade on that. You don't deserve to exist to begin with. Yeah. It, the, the $765 million loan uh, is being put on hold because of all that. It, and it's crazy. It's just so corrupt directly in the face of everyone during a pandemic that's what blows me away the audacity of it all yeah it's like it is possible for them to use their chemical engineering expertise to make active pharmaceutical ingredients and there is a huge right. need for it but right you know they have some structures in their like financing that's going to be pretty tough for them like they've got some convertible notes that will become shares at a very high rate very soon in 2021. And that's going to be huge bitch for them. And then like, they've also done some shady shit. They've launched a cryptocurrency already that drove them up and they fell back down and they got in another insider trading scandal, not two years ago. So it's really hard to see the good leadership that you would expect from this company. Uh, yeah. I like, I can't wait to see the movie about all this uh, when Brad Pitt pay, plays the main guy in a couple months where they do like a big short similar, like a, like that kind of movie, but about Kodak. Yeah. And it'll just be Kodak moments. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, the SEC is investigating them and how big of a shock would it be if the SEC came back and when they were like, there's no wrongdoing here. I mean, the, the SEC is what a joke. Mm, uh, yeah, but the SEC, like, how do you pour through these mountains of trading materials? Like, the SEC, there's no, the SEC was founded in a time where trading wasn't digital yet. So, in order to keep up with how expansive securities trading has been, like, they haven't been given the adequate resources. So, yeah, they're a joke, but I'm not going to say it's necessarily their fault. That's fair. I mean, I don't know much about the, yeah, I guess that's fair to say. I never, I didn't think about it like that. Uh, when was the SEC founded? Do you know? The SEC. Was it at the, at the, have they been around since the stock market? No, right? Um, I think 1934. I think it was in like the aftermath of Black Monday. Like people were trying to, avoid other wall street crashes so there was bureaucratic interference 
Right. That makes sense. That, that, that makes sense. Um, and when I Google SEC, because all I do is I do finance and football content. If I Google SEC, my computer gets so fucking confused. um well it just triggers the uh the spyware that they have installed on your phone when you do that that's why it gets so weird yeah which is it which is it which is it which is it and like i'm good you can find me for either it's fine yeah um well so what else uh the did you talk about the warren buffett uh buying streak yeah they've been warren is back in the market it it repurchased 5.1 billion dollars worth of stock in may and june and you know it's double what he's had to do in the past and like you know warren buffett has famously sat out this like big trading boom but you can see him back in and but is it I don't know. I don't think he's bullish on the market. I think he's just leveraged into doing so. Yeah, I think he, at this point, uh, he has been out for so long. And, I mean, he obviously knows that there's, like, a drop coming. We, we talked about that a little bit earlier in the episode. But he clearly feels that now is the time, I guess, to make some money while you can. I, I don't know what he's thinking. I don't know what his process is, obviously, right now. But that's a lot of – I mean, to buy back $5.1 it's 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 huge. Yeah, it, it is absolutely huge. There's a Berkshire Hathaway right up the road from me, so I'm going to go drop in on them, make sure they are okay. And, you know, it's uh, kind of scary, actually, just because there was a study that came out this week from Bloomberg and that says the NASDAQ valuations are correct. You know, I'm on the record. I say stock prices are too high. I say mini skirts are too low. But, you know, they're, they're saying that this is how life is. These prices reflect what's going to happen. And we're not coming out of this anytime soon. The paradigm is forever changed. And uh, NASDAQ accurately reflects it. What do you think about that, Maddie? I mean, I don't know. Do you feel like they've been – do you think this is the first time in a while that it has accurately reflect, reflected it, or do you think this is a unique situation given the strange times that we're in? I don't know. I think it's just strange times. I think they're keeping the market afloat just out of a desperate measure to give people a sense of normalcy. Because if you look at the unemployment rates, if you look at the level companies are earning in like the – absolute elephant graveyard of like premium brands it's hard to see anything but like terror across the economic landscape and yeah nasdaq they're at an all-time high even if it were to be an accurate reflection of like if we are in this like i still think there isn't an argument that can be made that outweighs the amount of loss in gross domestic product and the rise in the unemployment numbers. Right. I mean, and this stuff just continues to ripple out. It just, it's going to be uh, every day, the, every day goes by where we're in this situation, the effects, I feel like the, they compound the effects that are just going to happen in the next couple months, next couple of years. It's going to be insane. Yeah. And like certainly big tech companies are going to do great. And that might be enough to list the, to lift the S&P 500, like 
you know, the market, it's not just every company. The market is every individual, our educations and everything we're doing. So at this point in time, like if you were to view the U.S. market as like individual capital in addition to all these other securities, it's hard to know. Do you know a human being that's thriving? I certainly don't. Yeah. Um, the fact that people are so excited about the the Donald Trump $400 or whatever show is testament to the fact that people are not doing well at all uh, unless you're in the top percent that's making, you know, billions of dollars. Have you, you've seen all that stuff. We haven't really talked about that too much uh, this episode, but there's those billionaires that how, you know, what is it? Jeff Bezos increased his fortune by a certain couple billion dollars during pandemic and things like that. $13 billion. Yeah. And you know, the markets are up, but the five largest stocks, have gained as much as all others have lost. So that value has gone right into the pockets of these tech behemoths who are making money from us staying home in perpetuity. Yeah, it's uh, the other thing that's crazy too is, and I don't want to change topics about, but this, I forgot to mention this, the Kodak, one of the main drugs that they, that Kodak is going to, produce or that they do produce is that hydroxychloroquine which is such a controversial thing i mean obviously people use that what it's what is this uh it's for malaria right yes for malaria you so it, to clean a fish tank right <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh it's like drinking bleach but not as bad for you um yes yeah, so is there anything worse for you than drinking bleach that's how jack nicholson got made in the joker Really? I never, I've never seen the Jack Nicholson Yeah, he, fell, he just fell into acid. Oh. And, like, <laughs> and there are all these, like, the projections of the markets, like, oh, the NASDAQ is fine, but these five companies are, like, 30% of the entire market. That's fucked up, that's weird, and that's inherent instability. Well, have you seen... Um talking about the like the market and like the housing market and stuff did you see uh, rocket mortgage filed for an ipo oh wow they're as a detroiter they reek of corruption they want the housing bubble crisis of 2008 all over again anybody could get a loan at rocket and you know i dan gilbert he owns the cleveland cavaliers like his role in gentrifying downtown detroit is really just Stripped a lot of the character away from my favorite city. Well, so Rocket Mortgage, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, RKT, they opened at $18. And uh, Friday, they closed at twenty four forty two. So Rocket Rocket, of course, because we know that the name and the ticker is good for business. Them just having the stock initials Rocket is so good for their future at prospects yeah it's also disappointing though because i feel like that's such a good stock ticker for it to just be a mortgage company is disappointing i want it to literally be a rocket company yeah i want this this rocket i want to be sally ride i uh <laughs> yeah i so that was there's been a couple of the that they filed for an ipo um what else was it the there's the uh uh purple what was it purple mattress Purple Mattress, our producer who hates us, he's telling me 
you know, you got to buy purple mattress options. Are they taking off? Are they crushing? Uh, it, they closed at 2436 on Friday. Okay. And they've been doing very well because I guess people are spent, used to spend one third of their life in bed. I can only imagine what those numbers look like during Corona. Or I guess they didn't file for IPO. I guess they've been around since 2015. But I, I've just seen purple in the news a lot lately. So I don't know what's going on with that. But there's, yeah. it seems pretty volatile. Are you certain it's not a Toni Morrison retrospective? I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. I can't be certain. But from the looks of this chart, it doesn't seem to be. I could be wrong about that, though. Yeah, and purple mattress, it does, you know, it looks good just because when stocks become when they get talked around about a lot on message boards, when the sharks are swimming around them, a lot of activity follows. And when a lot of shares are bought, prices go up. So it wouldn't be bad. I kind of like, um, I, I'm still bullish on marijuana ETFs, especially because they've continued to struggle. Again, I, I still kind of view buying a marijuana ETF in 2020 is just like buying alcohol stock during prohibition. It's interesting because it's it's a very similar. I mean, that's the same thought process we have about DraftKings, right? It, it, once it slowly becomes legal in different places, it's gonna it's gonna just eventually um, take off. I mean, that's the plan, right? Yeah, and DraftKings, it it is time to get on board because a lot of these states are so broke at the moment. They are actually going to use sports gambling as a way to make up for lost revenues. So that could I, be worth your time. I wish, I wish more than anything that they would allow DraftKings mobile trading in New York. Gambling is legal in New York. We have to do it in person, and the app is so great. I, I miss being able to gamble on MMA fights and, and I miss that. So, Hey, get uh, a bookie support small business. Well, speaking of small business, um, I, we talked about this a couple of months back when they filed for IPO, they filed for IPO back in February. Um, Peloton opened up at $27 and they closed out at $68 uh, this past Friday. So they have. I was wrong about Peloton. Yeah. Everything uh, else. I, I mean, I didn't want to bring it up just to be like you were wrong about it because I think I was probably also wrong about it. But I am mad at myself because I really did think it was. I really believed in it. I guess I just didn't believe it enough to buy it. So. Yeah, but um, this happened in a small point, small small span of time because Peloton. It was really just kind of treading water for a lot of months there it opened at 28 dollars in february and then kind of hung there just till like april like there was no value and then once the summer hit it took off yeah i mean there's a point in march it opened at 27 there's a point in march it hung around 18 19 dollars for a long time and then uh it was a slow climb uh for the rest of the year up to 68 and the peloton may be the most successful company that began as a kickstarter that's kind of cool um yeah i don't know have you well have you ever heard of the company called the bombas socks yes i do like bombas socks i think they started as a kickstarter and they are like they're like number one in the sock game right now 
Yeah, but number one in this sock game is worse than number one in the at-home exercise game. Well, the margins are much better there. That's true. How much do you think these do – what do you think? Peloton stock is worth 68.30 a share. Is that more or less than how much it costs for them to build a Peloton? That is less than I would – I would imagine it's less. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I mean, I feel like it's – those bikes aren't, I guess I haven't uh, been on one in a while and I haven't been on maybe a name brand Peloton, but I think, the, and I think we've talked about this before, but I think a lot of the way they make their money is you don't have to have their bike to use their service. Ah, so you can hook up your wheels to it? Yeah, so you can use another, like another stationary bike with their service. Um my sister actually did that a couple of uh, days ago and she said she absolutely loved it. She said it kicked her ass, but she wasn't like dying. She said it was the right intensity. It sounds, it sounds great. So Peloton is uh, definitely something that I, I noticed. I wanted to check in on because I, I looked at it and I was very disappointed in myself for not pulling the trigger on it. As Keep I in mind, take that positive re- review but I, I know Tiffany Taylor Backus, and I know she's also bullish on Roy Hibbert. So take that advice with a grain <laughs> of salt. <laughs> if Peloton is the Roy Hibbert of at-home workout machines, run the other way. It will destroy your knees. So, you know, the other thing I know she's a big fan of is a huge proponent of creaky cartilage. So... That just tells me to stay away from Peloton. She's gonna, yeah. she's gonna be mad at that one, huh? Uh, no, she's all right. She, I think she's okay. Um, but I, uh, did you ever find out about the secret? Did anyone ever tell you what the secret? Remember, I, a couple of episodes back, I, I told the secret. Did you ever find out what it was? Yeah, your secret. Yeah. No, uh, not my. Not, yeah, not I know over. your secret. No, 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 not about my eyes. Oh, come on! You're giving away your own secret, Matt. Got laser. What? I got, I got laser eye surgery. Um, so there was a couple episodes back where you got up and I whisked and I was telling secrets to the uh, to the podcast, and I feel like I should let you in on it. Oh yeah. Uh, so a couple episodes we shit all over Carnival Cruise Line and the cruise ship industry, and I told you how much I hated them and how much I hope they go under. I bought a bunch of cruise line stock. <laughs> I was looking at that yesterday because I didn't listen back to the episode. I was like, man, $14 a share. People are stupid. People are weak. They want to evolve into the slug-like creatures human beings evolved into in the great film WALL-E. So I see that Carnival Cruises are a big part of our nation's recovery. Right before the election, I guarantee you Donald Trump will sign an executive order giving every American a voucher for a Carnival Cruise. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's gonna he's gonna send uh mike pence around like they do publishers clearinghouse with a big with a big check uh, a big ticket to a for a cruise and at this point in the episode i do want to remind listeners that in 2013 i did have a threesome with mike pence and anderson cooper it started they were comparing haircuts it was a wonderful evening and i didn't sign an nda so i'm sharing that with you now once again i had a threesome with mike pence and anderson cooper Nice. Well, uh, is that that was uh, after uh, before Anderson Cooper had his kid? I would assume. Yeah, it was before he wasn't a father. But Mike Pence, he did insist on calling me father. <laughs> At least he didn't call you mother. That's much worse. <laughs> yeah, but mother, um, don't give confessions. The fifty-two week low 
on Carnival Cruise Line hit in April 3rd, it looks like-ish, April 3rd-ish, was $8. No, excuse me, $7.80 was a 52-week low. The 52-week high is 51.94. So I saw that and I saw the, uh, I bought it when I was about 14. So um, I bought some Carnival Cruise, literally the episode after we got done shitting about them and how, saying how we hope they don't come back. So I hope they come back just long enough for me to get my money and then they can go away. I don't and I, I think you're going to see that low hit again. If it gets under $10, I'll shell out a little bit. But I'm going to need better margins than $14. $14 a share isn't worthwhile for me to sell out. I need it to be at least 10 I can understand that. And I do, uh, I do think it will go lower. And I wish I would have waited a little bit. But I'm, because uh, I'm down currently on it. But it's, you know, it's fine. This, that's clearly one of those ones where it's, it's going to be a long, choppy seas ahead for Carnival yeah, Cruise I, I w- stock. I would sell it just because I looked at the, um, the, the price and i see endless amount of articles seeking alpha bloomberg motley fool yahoo finance all about how carnival cruise stock will will slip so i think you can probably get rid of it and buy back in at a lower price point that i think is going to be my move hopefully i can get i'd like to not lose any money on this so i'm hoping that it'll bounce back a little bit before it slides um i guess i'll have to just watch it for the next i don't know of, look uh, it up you don't you don't see there you don't see a disturbing amount of headlines to the other in the past 2 3 days absolutely i mean they and they sold a couple of their ships which i don't know if that's uh, that doesn't seem like a good sign to me but i could be wrong I bought those boats. You invested in Carnival Cruise. I I I started a Carnival Cruise. That's you, but you, we are not the same. <laughs> I thought your uh, yeah, I thought your camera was rocking a little bit. I think I didn't realize you were on a ship at sea. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's like a normal Carnival Cruise, but you're allowed to touch the comedians instead of the comedians touching you. Um, <laughs> like a petting zoo, but with people. It's like a petting zoo with Jeff Arcuri. Oh, uh, well, you know, you can pet him, but don't, don't touch him too much. Don't touch his face. God damn. He'll, he'll nip your fingers. He will. He's, he's a bitey little guy. You think Jeff Sheen's the biter, but no, that's, that's not the bitey Jeff. Yeah. No one well, how long we, how, how, It's okay. Uh, they, they don't need to. It's yeah, I will say Jeff Sheen is probably the funniest guy on the sex offenders list. Um, he started the podcast. <laughs> It's true, and we haven't had him back on. We got to have our Curie Ann on. We well, they're, they're both going to be guests at some point, not at the same time. We'll probably. have our Curie Jeff she- Jeff Sheen banned, banned from the show. That's yeah. Fine. He he didn't appreciate it. He didn't realize the revolution was in the rec- economic realms. I agree, but you know, I think he's paying the price for it a little bit. Not really, but I think he. You know, we've gotten some good press lately. We're getting decent downloads. We got some loyal listeners um that's just the price you pay we're, we're putting in the work he never wanted to put in the work and uh he, he got left behind yeah and any listeners go to jeff sheen's page unfollow him and then unfollow him just to get that feeling it's a good one uh-huh. <laughs> um yeah oh well so how long have we been going what's what's uh are we, we, we are going? good we're about an hour here i got a road trip down and see some people so i think we are gold you doing any outdoor shows on funny man i am doing shows i'm about to 
what time is it now? I'm going to take a nap. I need a nap really hard. I'm crashing really hard. And then I have a show at McCarran Park in Brooklyn, uh, 5.30 today and eight, uh, 7.30 in Prospect Park. I'm hosting that one. So I got two spots. I'm sure I'll have spots coming up this week. Um, I can't promote them now, obviously, but I'm sure I'll have spots up this week. So check my Instagram, uh, check Stamp New York's Instagram, support live comedy. I really think that Stamp New York is going to come out depending on nobody knows how any of this is going to shake out, but I really think that they're doing a good job and they're going to come out um, hopefully on top when, when all this stuff, when, when it all shakes out, however it's going to happen. Yeah, they will be all right. I will be back putting out content all week. Hey, my other podcast just for sport. Congrats to my co-host Jamoke Davis won his fifth Emmy award. So Matt, you got a lot of catching up to do with my other co-host. Oh, shit. And then I got inactions coming out all the time. I got all sorts of pods. And, of course, I will be back in New York as of Friday, so we won't have internet dropout anymore. I didn't know you were coming back. That's amazing. Surprise. Surprise. What a pod What a pod exclusive. All right. Well, that's great. Yeah, we can record in person. That'll be incredible. It'll be the first time we've been able to record in person in like five months. Yeah, I don't know that I'm staying, but I'm going to go there and give it the old college try. Maybe I'll punch, but I think I'm there for a minute. Yeah. I mean, come back. Try it out. See how you like it. It's interesting. It's wild. It's scary. It's, it's, a, it's a lot. And my bike's there, and I'm also wild and scary, so I'll fit right in absolutely well great so all right well follow us on instagram at hold my bread uh, emails hold my bread at gmail.com follow at joel wachowski at the joel wachowski you're the, the wachowski the Twitter, wachowski joel wachowski insta and then if um, you want pictures of my size 15 feet dm me it's cool yeah if you're in yeah yeah, yeah. we'll set it up all right that's it. another episode down thank you for listening goodbye everybody mm-hmm.